Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the, oh, the, the ball! Get the ball! Get the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Tell it for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Rush with Adam Watkett, and we are ready to roll down to Orlando to watch the Wildcats take on Iowa in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. I, I'm still not used to the Verbo thing, and you know what? That might be the only time I actually say the sponsor in the name. Who cares? Screw them, Watkett. They're paying a bunch of money. I'm just calling it the Citrus Bowl, damn it. Yeah, I, I thought it was VRBO last time, and then I went down there, and everybody was saying Verbo, and I was like, oh, it's not vrbo (laughs) well and it may have been and i felt like at one point they were vrbo and then they made a switch to verbo um which this is starting us off on a tangent but i was doing some research apparently it wasn't always the citrus bowl it started as the tangerine bowl but then the florida citrus growers became the sponsor and it became it was almost like kleenex you, 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 it's technically tissue paper, but everybody calls it Kleenex. That's what happened with the Citrus Bowl in like the late in the 80s and the late 70s. Uh, and it was a sponsor for like 30 years. Yeah. And then my college football fanhood, it was growing up Capital One Bowl. Yeah. What I yeah. knew this as. Yeah. They changed so, it back to Citrus, I believe, like 2016, 2015. Pretty recently. Yeah. And yeah. that's for the best because yeah, when Kentucky. When Kentucky went to the Gator Bowl the first time, and it was just the Tax Slayer Bowl. Yeah, like, I didn't even call it the Tax Slayer. It's the Gator Bowl. Yeah, like get just, out of here, Tax Slayer. Right, right, and you know, and I'm not one that's too uh, foo foo and elitist that I can't have my bowl game be sponsored. But I, I would at least like some sort of uh, regional aspect of it, like the Music City Bowl. It's all, it's got the worst sponsors. It, that is a uh-huh. rotating door of just terrible sponsors of companies that don't exist anymore. Uh, I think now it's like it's trans America. Yeah. Or... I looked it up and whatever it was on the, when I was going through the sheet, I'd never, it was like some was mortgage like, oh, company maybe. No. Yeah. Like oh. good, good for them to get their name out there. And I do feel like it's a pretty good value for a lot of these, but our sponsored bowl games, it's gotta be connected to an actual bowl name. So we know where the hell it is. Yeah, the best is they had the Cheese It Bowl in Phoenix. Yes, and Cheese It decided to not stop sponsoring that bowl and start sponsoring what was known as the Champ Sports Bowl when I was growing up originally. Yes, and it was called the Russell Athletic Bowl. Then they started sponsoring that. 
Right, right. That really gets you confused. Yeah, so we have a Cheez-It Bowl, but it's different than the last Cheez-It Bowl. And it's basically the Orlando Light Bowl, uh, which will be... It's a good bowl game. Yeah, it'll be Iowa State Clemson, I think. Mm -hmm. Didn't Teddy Bridgewater and Louisville play down there? They they smoked Miami in that bowl game. I think it was called Russell Athletic then. Russell yeah, and so that, that there was a good crowd last time we were at Citrus uh, of folks that were attending that game, and I want to say it was like it was a yellow Dame, team. Was it Notre Dame, Iowa State? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of Iowa State people there, and I'm sure they'll show up this time as well too. Um, yeah, we can get into that. That's one of my games. I don't know if we're going to look at spreads at all. Oh no, we're going to look at spreads. That feels like the one for me. Okay. It's a great scenario. We can talk about it later. All right. I, I like that. Like We're going to talk about more of them. If you all want to pick some games, pick some bowl games with us, we've got a Capital One Bowl Mania group. Just look up Kentucky Sports Radio. The password is Stoops with a capital S. I don't know if we're giving out prizes, but, you know, it's fun either way. And I, I do like that you have a Shroot Farms coffee mug. Uh, yeah. I got that's. <laughs> I got, this was a Christmas present for Taylor. Oh, nice. A couple years ago. Okay, we need to talk more Citrus Bowl and more bowl games. Uh, but you brought up my dilemma. Dude, like it, you've been married longer than me, one whole day longer. So you know marriage as well as anybody. I don't know what the hell I'm going to get my wife for, for Christmas. Yeah, she gave me a list. Um, so I'm going off that. So that's helping me out. At God, see, but I, I do need to start knocking some stuff out here. The next, she's already bought all my gifts, <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything in the house, and I, I don't have a jack, so, you know what? Right, like, and and I'm at the point. My wife has more clothes, and she knows what to do with. I can't get her clothes. We just bought a house. If I get stuff for the house, it's is it really a gift? You know. And so right now, all she's asked for is like a Gatorade squirt bottle for when she's working out, and it's just easier than taking a lid off. I don't, I, I got to yeah. get her something more than a Gatorade bottle, you know? Yeah. I, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I've been doing the thing too, where it's like, oh, you've got plenty of time. And then you kind of look down and you're like, oh, crap. I've, no, I've been doing that the last two weeks. And it's like, oh, it's two weeks away from Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Especially if I'm ordering online, you better go ahead and do it. So you get it here in time. Seriously, seriously. It, it'll be one of those. I, I'm just going to do all my Christmas shopping the day after signing day. So uh, 11 days <laughs> or nine days till we can get to Christmas shopping. Um, approximately 29 days. Man, I'm bad at math. Until Kentucky kicks off the new year in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Look, this is a matchup that whenever we get bowl projections every year, there's at least one UK Iowa one. And you think, oh, the storyline. Well, it's finally here. Stoops is going to play his alma mater in a game that is going to be a rock fight in the trenches at the bare minimum. Yeah, you look at Iowa, elite defense, elite special teams kicking game. They lead the country in interceptions. We've got like 26 interceptions or something ridiculous. I think they have six more than the closest than the team inside. Right. Yeah. You, you know, they're top 10 in turnover margin, even with an offense that's coughed the ball up 16 times in 13 games, mainly due to all those interceptions. Um, they're the kings of winning ugly. But you look at their, their offense is really bad. I mean, it's bad, bad when you kind of start digging into it. They quarterback injuries at the receiver position. 
they've really kind of had to lean on two four-star true freshmen who probably weren't really ready to play right away. Um, but they're kind of their top guys there. Um, their tight ends like a heavy – he's the Wandell Robinson of their offense, really. I mean, he's the target monster. That's who they're looking to multiple times. Started multiple quarterbacks, like I said. They've got a good offensive line. Guard center guard's really good, but the tackles are a little iffy. And this this the scheme just isn't very good. Like I was a very well coached team, but on offense, it's like, man, this is not this is not very good. This it's, should be a lot better than this. You can tell where they've allocated their resources. Right. Now <laughs> defensive coordinator Phil Parker is probably one of the best in the country. Um it's they're very Kiss strategy, keep it simple, stupid. They mm-hmm. do the same things. Their linebackers don't come off the field. They play four two five base, and they're not like, unlike Kentucky, they're not trying to match every personnel set. This is this is who we are. This is what we play. Mm-hmm. Deal with we it. Don't don't make mistakes. You know, fundamentally gaps down, all that kind of all that good stuff. And they've got size and guys in the then their secondary is really really good. Obviously, if they have that many interceptions. Um, so really, it, I, it's a fascinating matchup. Really, offensively, to see Liam Cohen go up against a, one of the best defensive coordinators in college football with a good unit, and Will Levis against really the best defense he's played outside of Georgia. What does he do if he plays like he did down at Georgia? He's going to have more success, um, obviously, because this defense isn't as good as Georgia's. Kentucky's going to have more athleticism advantages. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good day for the offense if that happens. Um, he's really, to me, that he's kind of the key to the game because it's going to be hard to run the ball yeah. against this team. It's a top-10 run defense. The other two top-10 run defense Kentucky faced were the two teams they couldn't run the ball on. Everyone else, they've had a lot of success running the football. But against Georgia, Mississippi State, they had issues. It's going to be hard well, to run against this unit as well. And and that's, uh, you know, one of the teams that got them when they were number two in the country, Purdue. Uh, Jeff likes to – spread out and use that athleticism and, and kind of play in space. So mm-hmm. I, I would think that Cohen's going to take a lot from that game to try to, to, to see where you can get Wandale open, but you're right. This is a big game for Will Levis. And, and we've talked about it a lot, the kind of end of season, the, the artificial momentum you kind of generate it's Tennessee fans, their favorite time of the year, winning a game that doesn't matter. And then thinking that they're God's gift of football. That's, this is a big time for it for Will Levis for that reason. Um, because of how the media and everybody views the team based on if they're starting quarterback returns. You've, you've had Levis kind of make this steady climb, um, and, and now here's a point where if you can get them on their heels, the, the, I mean, the wheels came off in that Big Ten championship game. Um, so it, it's, it's more of let's steady the course, take care of the football, and you should have the athletes to, to be able to score enough points to win this game. Yeah. Taking care of the football, though, that's that's the number one. And that's that's the easiest like take you can ever have on a game like this. And we've seen in the past Kentucky's try to come out and bully these bowl opponents. It's going to be harder to do against Iowa. But you've, I mean, three of the last five or last six bowl games I was been in, they faced an SEC team. They upset Mississippi State. The Nick Fitzgerald, Joel Moorhead first year in the Outback Bowl, but that was a Mississippi State offense that was really bad. But the two games before that against a Butch Jones Tennessee team and a Jim McElwain Florida team, they just got absolutely housed in both of those games. So there's been scenarios in the past where they've kind of gone up against an SEC team, gotten a little bit more athleticism, and they've just in these bowl games they've gotten romped. I think that's definitely 
a possible scenario for Kentucky. It's all like mm-hmm. we talk about all your turnovers. If you play it to even, Kentucky's going to win. If Levis plays well, should win. You get the 21, 20. I think Kentucky's going to get the 21, 24 points on this defense as long as they don't make any glaring mistakes. And that should be good enough to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's something you brought up to me in private too. We, we've talked about that that Big Ten championship game. Uh, that was the second one they've played in. The other time they lost a nail-biter, 16-13 to Michigan yeah. State. And Michigan State went on that like 23-play, 78-yard drive there at the end to win it. And then Iowa just got yeah. absolutely – It's a different rolled. scenario, though, because Iowa was undefeated then. Yeah. They would have won that. They were going to – winner of that game went to the playoff. Got mm-hmm. to get smoked by Bama. Michigan State won it, got in the playoffs. So, that, obviously a different scenario there. But, yeah, they, they've had some moments in bowl games where they've got tattooed. But there's also moments where they've kind of ro- ro- risen up and won in upset fashion. So, Iowa, they, they lull you to sleep, man. They're great at lulling people to sleep. And then if, you, if you're not careful, you, all of a sudden it's third quarter and it's 13 to 10. <laughs> um, but you know what? The clock should be running for a lot of it. Should be uh, some decent punts out there. Um, but, you know, if there's one guy who's going to be prepared for that style of play, it's Kentucky's head coach, Mark Stoops. This is his homecoming. We mentioned it right off the top. Um, and you know what? Like it, I didn't – I didn't really – I didn't really put myself into Stoops' shoes until we had that press conference Sunday. And I, a lot of these anecdotes I'd kind of known before, but I just never – it didn't process correctly. So his brother, Bob, is um, – I think it's going to be like six, seven years older. So Bob gets to Iowa in 1979. Stoops is, you know, 12 years old or so. And he spends basically the rest of his life – I don't want to say life, but the, the while he's living at home, he's spending his weekends in the fall – playing in football games or watching his dad coach football games on Friday night, hopping in the car, driving 10 hours to Iowa through the night, then going to the game at Kinnick Stadium the next day, sleeping, and then driving 10 hours on the way back on Sunday. Like, they were an Iowa football family through and through. There was a Stoops in there every year from 79 to 91. Uh, And then once he's there, he's having a pretty decent career his dad passes away suddenly, dies of a heart attack after a triple overtime win against a rival. He goes home. His coach brings him his jersey, the same 41 number all the Stoops boys wore. They put the jersey in the casket. They put Bob's Rose Bowl ring in the casket. They bury him. And then four days later, Stoops blows out his knee and his career is over. Mm-hmm. That – that yes, this game's going to mean more. Uh, and he even said he's like, I, I don't know what it's going to be like emotionally for me, but there's just no denying that Iowa football means a lot to Mark Stoops and is a big reason why he is who he is today. Yeah, well, I mean, if that job ever opened, it'd be a huge reason to worry. If yeah, Kentucky. It would be. It was my big takeaway from that. I mean, the way he talked about it, that's like even a job maybe Bob would even come out of retirement for. Yeah. yeah. For one of them to be like the head coach and he could maybe bring Mike back with him mm-hmm. to be on his staff. Oh, it's, it, it, I mean, and it's the same reason with all the, the Brom stuff in Louisville. 
you know? And I mean, and that's kind of, I, I can at least somewhat relate to that. I mean, it wasn't the same for me because it's not my family, you know, like it's not my brothers, it's not my brothers playing there. But I just understanding that kind of, uh, uh, so, like felt, how, how attached they are emotionally. To right, right. Like right. You, you totally get it. And so I, I think at least in this instance, there's going to be a lot of uh, like Freddie mentions it whenever he talks about bowl games. Well, who's going to care? Kentucky's really going to care because they're going to going to want to get this one for their head coach. No doubt. And, and I, I, I'm not going to say in their caring more than Iowa, but they, they do have a lot to play for here. And it, and it feels like up until this point in his coaching career at UK, there's been a lot of stoops going to bat for his players like, you know what? They weren't here for those previous 30 losses to Florida. They don't need that baggage. And he kind of carried it for them. And now here's the chance for the the players to to kind of return that favor. And I, I really think they're going to come out ready to play against Iowa. It, uh, there's a lot of factors, I think, to this. Um, Ten wins is a big deal in college football. Like getting the double-digit wins – when you go back and look at these coaches' Wikipedia pages and you see the 10-win seasons, you mm-hmm. can put that on graphics. That's a big deal. You lock up another top 25 finish with a win. You get a top 25 recruiting class, maybe top 15. Well, maybe top 15, right? Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of, like you say, I mean, it's kind of like Louisville had fake juice when they play Kentucky. They came out talking, all excited. And then when, you know, you got hit in the mouth, all that stuff, when they got a little scuffle, all that went away. Um, like, this is artificial momentum because it, all this momentum does, it drives just us, people in our jobs, talking about them. Like, for them as a program, like, it's, it's good and all, but it's not – I mean, it's on to the next step or whatever. But hitting checkpoints like this, these artificially, is good. Because it helps raise your program. People start seeing you in a different light. I've talked about Will Levis. He's going to be kind of a star at Media Days this year. Man. I mean, with yeah. all the mail, all the stuff he does, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's going to do a few wacky things in the offseason. You know, everybody's going to be itching to talk to him. And I don't I think it's in Atlanta this year coming up. So, uh, yeah, that's correct. You know, that, that stuff you can really build off of as a program selling in the offseason. Plus the Snoop's contract extension, all of that, and so there's a that. That's why like bowl games don't matter because they are glorified exhibition games. At the same time, they do matter. Yes, chance to get a really good non-conference win. It's a, it's a really big selling point for your fans, and it's a treat to your team for a good season. You get to go to Florida for a week, mm-hmm. hang out with guys. Yep. You know, it's the last time with the seniors, you know, that going in. So, you you know, you get to have some fun with them. Right, right. But those practices matter, too, for the younger guys. It's 15 extra practices on top of the spring. So, guys like Lavelle Wright, some guys that have come on late, Katie McDaniel, De'Eric Jackson, those are all important practices, I think, for those guys as they start right. transitioning the next year. So, and then you add in, like, it's good to have that factor, like, this game matters. And so, I – I think Kentucky, you're going to see a motivated Kentucky team, Man. and you think Iowa, you would think they they would be, but you just don't know. They're yeah. they're in this game with different circumstances. I mean, in Kentucky, they, they they did not anticipate playing in that Big Ten championship game, and no, that was of, a total surprise. <laughs> yeah, like they they had a crazy comeback 
we talked about that Nebraska game uh, on thanks was the day after Thanksgiving. Friday. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a crazy weird comeback. And then you had Wisconsin get upset by Minnesota. Like a lot of things had to happen for them to get there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's one guy that came to mind. I hadn't thought of yet. We'll talk, you know, of course, ad nauseum leading up to the game about, you know, Tyler Linderbaum, the, the matchups and stuff. I've always thought of Marquand McCall as being like, that's an important kind of audition tape for him going up against yeah. Linderbaum. But one person I hadn't thought about, like Justin Rogers and these guys, these younger guys who, because we kind of saw McCall towards the end of yeah, last man. year turn that corner a little bit. Maybe, maybe this is another opportunity for those guys to, to start to, to figure it out. There's some young guys on these defense, on this defense that were pretty like nice recruiting wins that we've seen some moments from them this season, and they might be about to turn the corner. I mean, you look at Hayes, Rogers, Ripka on the defensive line, potentially Khalil Saunders, who's played a little bit, mm-hmm. and linebacker. You got Trevin Wallace, the Eric Jackson, Katie McDaniel. I think as a pass rusher, I, yeah, he's he's getting my eyes pop a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the secondary, Vito, that was his best game against Louisville that he's played yet to this point in his career. Throwing those L's down. Jalen Geiger has had some moments. In Carrington Valentine, I mean, you know, just keep playing. The more reps you can get, the better you're probably going to get. But there's some young guys on this defense, I think. And even for me, like a guy like Weaver, he's got a couple weeks off. He's pretty banged up. Yeah, yeah. Let's see him heal up. Maybe we see, you know, a guy like him have a little more juice out there on the field on New Year's Day. And so there's a lot of young guys on this defense. Like, this season was always about you had a lot of senior, senior heavy, but by the end of the year you needed to get some young guys ready. And I think they've done that. Like, I'm going to feel pretty good about the defensive line coming in the next season, even losing McCall and Pascal. Mm -hmm. You lose two playmakers. But, man, you've recruited that position well, and it's time for some of these guys to take the next step. I think we're going to get both those linebackers back, plus Jackson and Wallace off the, kind of a rotational piece. You get J.J. Weaver, maybe add Chris Bogle, K.D. McDaniel. That's mm-hmm. a good trio right there. It gives you time to develop Keaton Wade and Tyrese Fearbury. Then you just got to go out and get some cornerbacks. Hold on to Carlos Nicholson, maybe get a transfer or two there. And then safety, you're going to need some development at safety, obviously. Um, but I think you feel good about Geiger. It's just finding another guy. Maybe Todd Dotson can be that guy. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of there. I think there's reasons to be excited about this defense. And I think these last couple games, we've seen some guys pop. And hopefully, we can hear some about that bowl prep. And maybe they make some plays in the bowl game that yeah. really get you excited about well, them even more. They've got an offense they're going up against. They can give them some confidence. Yeah. Um, the quarterback numbers are, whew, yeah, like laugh out loud funny. I mean. You know, yeah. we, we joked about quarterback play at Kentucky some um, throughout the Mark Stoops era, but it's it's bad. The I just couldn't get over the guy they put in for Spencer Petrus in the, the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. 10 of 15 for 38 yards. That is mm-hmm. that is hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've charted about – I've charted all the SEC quarterbacks and about 10 other, like, big ones. And Spencer Petrus is last in success rate by a good chunk. Charted a bunch of running backs. Tyler Goodson, who, who has over a thousand yards rushing, um, he's in last place in success rate. Because he's getting what two yards at a time. One of those. Yeah. Kind of, well, yeah. yes, and then he'll he'll bust a forty yarder every <laughs> right. once in a while. Right. Right. Got a couple, I think, forty plus yard touchdowns. So 
when you look at that, what does Kentucky do well? They take away the big play. Kentucky is willing to give up small gains, but this is a team that's not really capable of taking those, being efficient consistently, play-by-play, snap-by-snap. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good matchup for Kentucky. That's kind of what you want to see in a bowl game like this. It's just going to be hard um, for Iowa to consistently put drives together. And if Kentucky – if you if you don't allow Iowa to win field position, it's just going to be hard for them. So I think defensively it's a, it's a get-right game for Kentucky. I think a lot of things could go right for them in this game if they if they play up to their ability. Um, so it's a good matchup on there, and it's very intriguing on the other side, like we talked about. Really good defense, really good offense going at each other. Let's see what Kentucky can do. The uh, you, you mentioned, too, the Kentucky can have a lot of fun in this bowl game if if things go the right way. If it isn't turnover city, it can't you can't start off like you did in the Gator Bowl where it's turnover right away and then you, you're just playing from behind. Um, but this can be a fun experience. We're obviously going to get into more of the X's and O's of the matchup later on. Um, but I do want to talk kind of big picture about some of these ball games. Um, while because we, hell, we, we still are planning on how to get down there, <laughs> so not everything's set in stone, but there will be a good time. Maybe we yeah, might do 11 yeah. personnel with, with, with some <laughs> folks down at a watering hole, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Why the heck not? Um, people have been asking me just if you're going, just find a place on International Drive. That's where everything's going to be. That's where everybody's hanging out. There's a gazillion hotels, restaurants. Yes. And uh, so where the pep rally is, they hold it uh, more south on International Drive. So it's less by the tin roof and the eye of Orlando, and it's closer to the convention center. Yeah, but if you get anywhere on International Drive, it's going to be a short Uber drive to wherever you need to get. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, But, yeah, it's um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And I looked last night, hotels are pretty – like, you can find decent hotel room. There's – like I said, it's built to host big events. The city – all those people go in there, just go to the music parks, everything else. It's built for – Yes. For all this traffic they're going to get throughout the bowl game. So you're going to be able to find a spot. Now, you won't be able to find many local restaurants? No, it's Chain City. <laughs> Chain City. You could go. I mean, you'll find a Giordano's. You'll find a Portillo's if you want some Chicago flavor. Oh, man. There, was, Friday, there was even an Irish Dubs. bar down there. I didn't. I was like, oh. There's a this, Howl at the Moon. This, chain this, Piano Bar. <laughs> it's like, you know, this you seems like a, Senor Frogs. different. Yeah. Margaritaville. Nope. Yep. Uh, but you know what? Those draft beers don't stand a chance. So we'll be down there. We'll be getting after it. We'll be having a good time and we'll be betting on all the games and we'll be doing it, uh, playing some, some, some fun little props with our friends at prize picks. Today's broadcast is always is brought to you by prize picks. They've got a fantastic app that lets you pick your player, pick over or under parlay it and win a bunch of money. Uh, I've, I, quickly turn 60 bucks into 160 now did i spend some of it of course because that's what it's fun for it's fun to play around with with prize picks especially during bowl season when you've got three or four games uh in a day you don't know exactly like uh how is this team going to be all with it well i know that the quarterback he's at least going to get his so i'm going to take his and over it's a lot of fun download prize picks use the code personnel you'll get an instant 100 bone 100 bonus 
on up to $100 on your first deposit when you play with prize picks. Uh, you can get it online at prizepicks.com or download their easy-to-use, excellent app at the App Store or Google Play today. Prize picks, promo code personnel. Look at, we got these bowl games, and I've circled so many already. I, I told you beforehand, like, come prepared with a few. And got like 12 I, written down. <laughs> I <have> to, <laughs> it's the same thing, man. Uh, I love them. And a lot of it is, the it's, you know, kind of Freddy's, are they going to care uh, kind of question. And which is so like, you don't know, we can do this, but no one knows there's surprises every week. And sometimes both teams show up and you have a fun game. You you don't, you don't know. It's, it's the most guesswork. I mean, betting in general is guesswork, but for the bowl games, it's even more so. So one team that I loved all year long was Fresno. Well, basically their entire coaching staff and probably quarterback. their quarterback too are going to end up at Washington and they're playing a UTEP team that's had maybe its best season in hasn't been to a bowl game in a long time it's going to be fired up yeah. yeah yeah so like that's a check that one off the list um now other bowl games though like this Florida UCF is the ultimate kind of question mark yeah I had that one written down UCF has quietly been pretty, like, not good. Yeah. Down the stretch. Their defense is good, but the offense, imagine that. Ghost Melzon's offense is kind of struggling. <laughs> you saw that coming. Well, wait, but, he was college football's Messiah, right? Didn't but they're going to be, but they're going to be pretty jacked to play Florida, to catching a touchdown and a hook. Florida yeah. can't, hey, they haven't covered anything. It's in Tampa. Yeah. Gasparilla. Nah, I, I like you. I wrote down UCF. I mean, I don't love it, but that's something to right. definitely monitor. I'm, I also I don't know how well this holds up, Luckett, but I also like triple option teams in these mm-hmm. bowl games. Yeah, I wrote them both down. Yeah, and some of it is because of, I mean, Missouri is going to give up. I mean, how many rushing yards in Kentucky have against that Missouri defense? You know, I mean. And now you got a triple option attack. I, I like both the triple and option teams. Basilac's hurt. Drinkowitz has opened the QB competition, which sounds like to me. I think he's hurt. They haven't said that, but there's as bad as he's been, he has to be hurt or something. They're opening up QB competition. That tells me they're going to start someone else. Didn't they bring in a big guy too? Like you, you were talking about, like, well, things well Tyler be- Macon was an elite 11 quarterback. Mm. So he might be the future, but they got a kid from Metro Atlanta, Sam Horn, who's a four star in this 2022 class. Uh, he's also going to probably get be in the mix next year. So yeah, I mean, who knows? But I'm assuming base like hurt is hurt because he has stunk um, since about middle of October. Yeah, and uh, I know that for a while I subscribed to the method like don't bet on your team because it's superstition or whatever. But you also know your team better than anybody else, and I kind of feel that way about U of L. We hear all the stuff going around there, and we know that they don't get up for big games. The they, they won their last bowl game because the other team broke their quarterback's jaw during bowl practice in a fight. They're playing a triple option team. I, I can't. And the Air Force-Army game was in Dallas. Like yeah, Air Force I'll... is going to have a strong contingent of fans that are going to come out to see them. It's a night game, so more people are going to be able to go to the game. Air Force is nine and three. All of their losses were single digits to teams who won double digit games. I think Army's at nine and two or nine and three, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Utah State and San Diego State were in the Mountain West Championship. 
Both of them had double digit wins. Those are their two losses in conference. Oh God, they're going to smoke them. Air Force is a good team. Triple option, solid defense. Louisville's going to have kind of that speed factor, obviously, but getting up and ready to play that triple option is going to be tough. And like you said, like, what's the psyche of that Louisville team? Now we have doubted them all season and they've gotten off the mat. Right. But this is, this is a different set of circumstances, obviously. Yeah. And I, um, man, that air force army game, that was the one that you, uh, we were listening to on the way to Lexington, right? The, yeah, we had the under, right. <laughs> 11 a.m. Kick 10 a.m. Central or local. That, uh, that army Navy, that under is, that, what is, is it, it like 33 30 i think i got it at uh 30, 34 is what i'm looking at right now four and a half wow so 17 17 yeah, army's eight army's eight and three so all they're gonna be they should beat navy so all three losses for air force came to teams nine and three or better yeah it's pretty good in pretty all good. close games they could have they could easily be 12 and 0 three four plays away from being 12 and 0 one more mountain west team i'm unsure about our Nevada Wolfpack. Yeah. Another you would figure like Carson Strong's Romeo Dubes, they're gonna they'll probably opt out, right? Opt out. Coach is You're, gone. Coach just left. What the only way you really say that is you if you promote a coordinator. It it let they the coach left for another job in the conference, which conference, you don't yeah. see very often. And Colorado State has been so bad. She just got money. Good job to good facilities, money. I mean, that's really with all the new stadium's pretty cool. I've seen that. Um, but man, that's uh, that's tough. And they're going up against a Western Michigan team who was a candidate for one of our 11 personnel teams. Yep, quick lane bowl, Motor City Bowl. No, oh, gonna be in Ford Field. Oh, that's I think it's like 11 a.m. on the 26th or 27th, Monday morning, 10 a.m. local kick. That, oh, that's got Western Michigan written all over it. Yeah. Let's go Broncos. Who else do you got circled like it? Man, we're getting Clemson catching a point against Iowa State. I didn't know how to feel about that one when I saw it. I, you, I, have, you just have to take it. I, I think they're going to be ready to play. They've, they're on a kind of – they've gotten some momentum here to end the season. I think it's important to them to probably get to 10-3. and three. Iowa State's had a funky year. They, Iowa State was in this bowl game in 2018, played a Notre Dame team who kind of had a similar season to Clemson now. Kind of mm-hmm. disappointing, but 10 and 3, you could sell it. And they got co-cocked by Notre Dame down here, <laughs> down in Orlando. I think that could that that could be a similar thing, I think, plays out. So I, I give me, I, I'm just gonna, if you if I'm getting a top five roster catching a point, um, when it's that team has won a few games in a row, sitting at nine and three in the top 25. Against an Iowa State team that was seven and five against the Big Twelve, every good team they played, they lost to. Give me Clemson plus one. Okay, okay, I, I can I can get excited. I, I can hop on that. Um, and and you're right too with Venables leaving. It could be one of those things that ultimately is a uh, something that kind of pulls the rung out. For yeah, the, and it, like Tony Elliott was. Go ahead. Well, I, I can see this being a long-term bad thing for Clemson down the road. Like, maybe this is the beginning of the Empire's fall. But it's probably a rally the troops moment in the immediate short term. Mm-hmm. 
And then Tony Elliott, their offensive coordinator, it's sounding like he was a candidate for Virginia, but it's not going to get that job. You're going to get him back. So I think you'll get the bump from that. Like the one they'll make an announcement, he's back for another season. Yeah. So okay. I like I like them. Inter- right. We got a few interim coach bowls. I think Virginia, SMU is one of them. And in this one, it's Oregon, Oklahoma. But Bob Stoops is returning Dude. to Oklahoma. It's in, it's in San Antonio. The Alamo Bowl is one of my favorite bowl games all year. I think Oklahoma is going to have a pretty strong contingent there. Those dudes are those people are pumped about getting Venables. Mm-hmm. You talk Caleb Williams in the stain. You talk to other few players in the stain. They're going to have some momentum, and I think they're going to really be motivated for that game. Okay. Meanwhile, okay. Oregon best player just opted out. <clears throat> Their coaching search is going to get weird because there's not really a good candidate out there for that job. Mm-hmm. Their, their season was pretty disappointing since they beat Ohio State. Just the whole thing was a disappointment. In the way in which they lost, their yeah. coach was mm-hmm. weird, too. The uh, way Oklahoma's laying four, I like it. Oh, man, how funny was that that quote-unquote press conference? Wasn't any questions. It was Bob just like, oh, see you out there on the recruiting trail. Uh, okay. I, I didn't know what to make of that game, but I, I like that you're, you're, you're making plenty of sense of it for me. So, yeah, I'll hop on the Sooners, Boomer Sooners. There, there's one game, there's one team, too. I only bet them once this year, and they really disappointed me, but they've gotten off the mat, and they're playing in their first bowl game since 2013-14. It's in the military bowl, the Purple Pirates against Boston College, who uh, they're getting Jerkovic back for another year. Yeah, so I, I brought that one down, too. So I, I think that's, like, significant, but I also don't know – if it's significant enough in the yeah. in, in the immediate. quarterback has also announced he's coming back for super senior season. Yeah, so I, I'm. On I think the that could Pirates. sneakily be a good fun game. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Another with you, one, especially Arkansas. the way East Carolina they play that like 2014 offense. That's like a bunch of like quick play actions and like yeah. quick slants and stuff. Like it's a fun little throwback. Arkansas catching yep. two and a half against Penn State. Outback Bowl. another team. They pretty much lost every good team they've played this season. Arkansas is going to be jacked up. They're going to have a ton of fans there in Tampa. Give me the Hogs catching two and a half. And then another SEC. Ole Miss is catching one and a half to Baylor. Yeah, I don't get Give that me Matt, Matt Corral's final game. I'm riding it. Give me the reps down the Sugar Bowl. One team that I'm not I'm, – I'm playing the wait-and-see game on opt-outs, and I mentioned to him earlier, I hate this because my heart can't take it. I'll just end up staying away from the game. It's Tennessee-Purdue because that game's in Nashville. Yeah. Tennessee, you know, like this is where they build some more off-season momentum. You know, they get all excited about Josh Heupel. And I think Jeff's only won one bowl game, and it was his first one. He hasn't last, last time, time here. Last they time got here, Nick. smoked, man. They <laughs> that got was the biggest beatdown I've ever seen in a football game. Oh my god, it was. I mean, Joey Gateway was throwing touchdowns. It was so bad. I, I mean, mean, it was like, they got destroyed by Auburn. What did like forty nine three at halftime? Or I mean, it was, it was a beatdown. It was so bad. And Auburn didn't let up. Now the thing is, though, is like. I think it could be like if if they get David Bell and they get Carl Loftus. To yeah, play. that's an opt out watch. You got to be careful on this. If, if both of those guys play and O'Connell, because O'Connell he can come back for another year. The Purdue quarterback. Like this could be a sneaky, like really fun game where yeah. it, it's you know tons of points. 
Because, like, if anybody can take advantage of that terrible Tennessee defense is Jeff. But I just I, – I worry about that if they don't have Bell and Carlisle. Hell, after Kentucky played Tennessee, I was talking to my dad, and he's just like, man, if they just could run those shallow drags to David Bell every time Tennessee brought the house. Because their defense, they don't know what they're doing. They just blitz. They're just like, well, you know what? If we're going to go down, we might as well go down swinging. Purdue can is take advantage starting cornerback, Alante Taylor, opted out. He's not playing. Okay, that's huge. That's huge. So yeah, I have I have the over 62 and a half weather pending. I'll have to look at make sure we don't have crazy winds or something oh. in Nashville that day. Do they have sports gambling in Florida? Check with Florida. Does. Mike said they just there's like uh technically no, but like one of the casinos just opened it and so they couldn't stop them. So like I think you might have to go to a casino to do it. But ah, technically you can't damn. do it on your phone. I think that's I was I was really looking forward to placing some irresponsible lot bets. Uh, yeah, so we like out, Purdue, out I even like drive. with obviously Bell would be suboptimal, but I still think they could have some passing success. And Tennessee's going to score on that Purdue defense, and if you look at both those defenses down the stretch, they both kind of nosedived a little bit from the beginning of the year. Yeah, so I, I like that over there. I think that could be a fun fun game there in Nashville. Man, I, I just can't. And here's the thing, folks. You're wondering, like, man, Roush, you like so many games. I'm going to bet probably every one of these balls. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, and go ahead. I was going to say, unfortunately, our friends at On3, when they listed the names, they didn't put all the hilarious bowl sponsors, like the Jimmy Kimmel Los Angeles Bowl. bowl. What a hilarious name for a bowl game. Yeah. It's just the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. But the Winning Tree Bowl. Liberty in Eastern Michigan. Love, love Chris Creighton in this spot right here. They've been to three bowl games under Creighton. They had only been to three bowl games ever before then, and one of them was like the Refrigerator Bowl in the 1930s. And they they haven't won any of those bowl games. They're playing a Liberty team that thought that they could be like the, a, a G5 team in the conversation for a New Year's Six game. They're 7-5. and five. They've lost three in a, in a row. I think Eastern Michigan is getting like seven points. I think it's like, like eight and a half. Yeah, like give give me the emus, man, all day, all day. Some of my favorite bowl games to watch are the ones in the baseball stadiums. You got the <laughs> pinstripe, Fenway now is a bowl game. Mm-hmm, that's true. <clears throat> and then the old cheese at bowl, it's now called Guaranteed Rate. It's mm-hmm. out there in Phoenix. It's a 10-30 kick. Neil Brown's catching four. It's a Minnesota team that has a bad offense. It's two good, two solid defenses, a couple bad offenses. But give me Neil Brown, big spot. It's Minnesota. I like West Virginia there. Late okay. night. Those are those are the funnest to bet. That's why the Alamo Bowl, I think, is so fun. It's like a 9 o'clock kick. Mm-hmm. It's usually a game a good t- between two good teams. Yeah. Holiday Bowl is also up there for me. NC State, UCLA is the oh, Holiday man. Bowl. Those And those That'd Holiday Bowls, they always get, get a little wonky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one final team that I like, and I, I I'm not I'm not going to be super confident in this bet because, I mean hell, it could turn into a pretty good game. That's UTSA versus San Diego State. I just UTSA, they're one of those teams, best season ever in program history. They're going to want to end it with an exclamation point. So uh, that's kind of what I'm hunting for in some of these smaller games, these these more low profile games. But there's no such thing as a low profile bowl game. They're all great glorious wonderful games and uh, i'm going to be watching every single one of them that my wife doesn't force me to change it to put on some 
cheesy Christmas movie. And I'm going to be cheering hard for Mac Brown to get the mayo bath. Oh, man. Whew. We need a mayo bath. We need it. They Mac Brown or Shane Beamer? Year. Who gets the mayo? I want Mac Brown to get the mayo bath. God, that would be so- and you know Mac Brown, he'd be all for it, too. Right. <laughs> He's got to be hip, you know? <laughs> They're recruiting well enough, man. They're going to have another top 10 class. Man, that's – uh. It's going to be great. That's going to be great. Bowl season is going to be awesome. And if you want to make picks too, along with us, I've got a rough draft in there. I'm going to have to switch up some. Um, but just look up Kentucky Sports Radio on the Capital One Bowl Mania. We're picking all the games against the spread. Who knows? If you win it, you might get something. So it all start, starts Friday, December 17th. Yeah. So get the picks in before then. So you yep. got 10 days or so. Yep. So get your picks in while you can. Uh, and also, Don't go anywhere. We need to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, Luckett, to wrap up the show, need to touch on the coaching carousel and a little bit of football recruiting. I think, Luckett, right now, Kentucky football recruiting is in kind of a lull where the first week after the season, we were trying to get our bearings of where UK stood with a lot of guys try to okay so who's what's kind of the situation here now we're at the point where uk is giving their pitches and we're just kind of waiting to see where the chips fall um and and for me the most intriguing situation we still have in play is is on the defensive line i know i know there's a lot of stuff happening in the wide receiver aspect of things with the transfer portal but uh, quintel jones uh, officially visited last weekend he's supposed to be making an announcement um in the next couple of days and it's right before Dion walker makes his official visit to kentucky cats got the final crack at the talented uh tackle from detroit and I, I i'm guessing they're just like you know what this could be a both situation you know um at, at first i thought it was going to be one or the other but if I, I, I think they're going to be going, pushing hard to get both of them. And if you can get Walker, that, that really is a top, like, hell, top 12, top 10 class. Yeah. yeah, right now you're losing three guys in that defensive line room projected. Body Fitzgerald, Josh Pascal, Marquan McCall. You're adding Tamiwa, Jarrell Jai. So, technically, yeah, you do have room for three there, and you kind of figure that it out that way. You could mm-hmm. add Quintel Jones and both Deion Walker – so, yeah, I think they, they would like to have I, – I, at first it seemed like that seems like a Quintel Jones might have been kind of plan B to Deion Walker. Right. But it might be a thing where they have room to take both. Both of them are nose tackles. And so they're competing there. But when you look at the nose position long term, um, you need you need some guys there because the guys you brought in last year, Saunders and Dinkins, aren't that. Um, so you do need to kind of fill up that depth chart there at nose. So I think potentially that could be two guys and – Two potential good ones. I mean, Deion Walker's size is just off he, the charts. He's a freaking horse, man. <laughs> he's yeah, and, enormous. And then Jones, Mississippi State, Miami, and on that recruitment, he's a deep south. Nose tackle's got the size already. Uh, you could give him some he, development. He could probably turn into something. So he, he looks like those dudes that Mississippi State always has, you know? Yep. Just like some big physical SSOBs in the trenches. Right. Um, so he checks a lot of boxes. I don't I don't know what's the deal with this Rutgers transfer kid, Luckett. I can't 
Uh, that I, one didn't make much sense to me. I, on I, just, surface. I don't get it. I, I wish I could, I would try to provide some clarity, but I, I don't get it. <laughs> there were two guys from Virginia that just entered the portal, two starters, one a center, the other one a left tackle. That center is awesome. Kentucky, that, that'd be somebody to go after, potentially. And Kentucky needs a center. I'm trying to pull up his name right now. It's like Oluwatami is his last name, I think. Okay. And then that, that tackle's from Connecticut, obviously. Hmm? Well, William there's, Cohen has to know him. He knows everybody that relationship from Connecticut. <laughs> and also, Nick, Mitchell Tinsley, WKU receiver, just entered the portal. He had some big numbers there at WKU in that offense, but that might be a thing where he's following that offensive coordinator to Texas Tech. So that's something to watch. Oh, man. But, yeah, we, that's we, – uh, We didn't mention Mike Leach is playing Texas Tech in a bowl game. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, that just totally snuck in there in the Liberty Bowl. God, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, uh, I, and Sonny Cumbie's the interim coach played for Leach at really? Texas Tech. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man, small world, small world. Um, I know Keontae Goodwin, he's going on his final official visit to Michigan State. Uh, having the last round of coaches coming this week. Uh, still, he's going to sign with Kentucky a week from Now, do you, is this, is this uh, gut Roush or is this source Roush or is it a little bit of both? It's, it's a little bit of both. I'll, I'll feel really dumb. Like, I'll, I'll feel, like, personally like an idiot if he signs somewhere else. Yeah, a big thing I saw this week is Michigan and Alabama had rumored to be the top competition for him. And this last batch at Ben Holmes, Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh aren't making the trip. The writing's on the wall. For they sent Klingscale, and they, mm-hmm. they're sending the offensive line coach, Doug Marone, who I think Keontae likes a lot. Which is kind of funny that, like, that dude was the Jacksonville Jack. Now, like, he was a head NFL coach, and now he's now, flying all over the country. We talked kids. about Jimbo, the recruiter. Hey, now, come here. He's coming to visit him. So, maybe that's the guy we need to watch out for. Yeah. And, I obviously, mean, the Michigan State, this last official, that worries me a little bit, obviously, and they're, they're getting it in home. I believe I had a friend text me. He said he saw Mel Tucker at the Omni in Louisville oh. last week. I was like, well, he's definitely – Doing an in-home with Keontae then? I don't yeah. know if that was reported or not. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Stoops is getting the last crack at in-homes, though. He'll be there Friday uh, before Keontae yeah. heads up to Michigan State. That's so. good. Um, what are the chances Stoops gets in there Friday and that, that visit gets canceled? Uh, decent. I think they're pretty yeah, decent. Yeah, I would say decent. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if – you know, Keontae ends up, you know, eating a Jeff Ruby's Saturday night, you know, like if, if, if that ended up happening. In Louisville or in Lexington? In Lexington. Because this yeah. is – it's going to be a big official visit weekend. Um, they've got the Alabama cornerback, Banks, that's coming in. You've got the Wade twins. Yeah, that Banks is a big one. Get him, mm-hmm. man. I think you get him. Carlos Nicholson, I think, is official visiting – official visit Starkville, Mississippi State this weekend. Get him out of that. Get him like Banks, Nicholson, Valentine. I can be talked into that three as a cornerback trio. Yes. And Nicholson, that's that's the one, though, that kind of clinging on. I wouldn't say for dear life, but you really got to cling on to that one. I don't yeah. know if he's going to be – if he has another visit up his sleeve I or not. I think it's just um, 
I think it's just down to them in Mississippi State. Gotcha, gotcha. Nice. Well, Which, he decommitted from Mississippi State and then committed to Kentucky shortly after. So we've got kind of a pendulum swinging here. But that would be – you get those three, I think you feel pretty good about corner, all things considered. And then you add in the high school recruits. Um, Andrew Phillips gets a year – a big spring practice for Andrew Phillips. Yes. So I think you can feel good about the cornerback position. And then at receiver, you know, we saw Todd Harris decommit. But Tavian Robinson seems like a guy they're going to add as of right now. Mm-hmm. Expected to lose Ali Epps. Cleavon Thomas, Wondell Robinson. So that's four out, but you're getting Barry and Brown, Dan Key, Jordan Anthony, Brandon White. That's four, and then plus Tavion Robinson's five. There's a little numbers crunch there. You know, do how many do they want to add another guy from the portal, or maybe two more guys from the portal at receiver? If they're going to do that, there's going to have to be probably a transfer or two, or a guy drop out of this recruiting class. And so that I think is something to really monitor over these next few weeks. But that yeah, could even leak in, uh, leak in the spring ball. It doesn't have to be solved right now. True, true, true. Um, we had uh, Travion Longmire and Todd Harris. They dropped out kind of mm-hmm. late last week. So uh, still a fluid situation, but uh, the Cats trying to put a bow on this class this weekend with a bunch of official visitors coming into town. Um, finally, the coaching carousel. Luck it. We got John Summerall at Troy. Still still coaching for the Cats in the bowl game, though. I feel like you don't see that too often. You don't. Outside of the playoff, you don't see that. I was pretty surprised. Yeah. So, uh, that was a significant development. You know, he's talking about John Schlarman in his introductory press conference. He was he was recruiting for UK last weekend. Yeah. With Just visitors. going off that, I'm not really expecting opt-outs. I will say that. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so – best of luck to, to Summerall at the next stop. Uh, really going to be cheering for the Trojans in the fun belt. Um, and that, that one wasn't as wild as some of the other stuff we've had happen. Uh, you know, mentioned Mario Cristobal getting pulled from Miami. The Venables is at Oklahoma now. How crazy was that crowd that greeted Venables at the yeah. tarmac? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Man. To say. That was pretty yeah. cool. They're going to fit right in, Oklahoma, coming to the league. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, they've got the, the, the passion, the fan base, they've got all that. Did you see Lincoln Riley in the, the USC marching band? It was kind of a weird clip. I didn't see, I watched the press, was it in the press conference? Maybe I wasn't. I don't know if it was attention. before or after. It must have been before. It was just kind of weird. Um, yeah, but like, we're going to get out of this carousel, Nick, and it's going to be like, that was pretty shrewd move by Lincoln Riley. Chris the ball just bounced. Like Oregon's not going to this next hire is not going to be great. Like it looked like there was a chance that Napier might go to Arizona State at one point. They ended up keeping Herm. And then like you see all how he's recruiting South California right now or Southern California. They're getting everybody. And then you like turn on the SC championship. Bryce Young, Brock Bowers Mm -hmm. were like the best two players. And like those are guys you probably like. He's probably going to get those guys now. Yeah, yeah. And like you've seen all these California guys come east and have all this success. You keep those guys, most of those guys at home. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to really have a juggernaut out there. And then Miami, like Cristobal in game as a coach has issues, obviously, and people get on him about that. But he builds it from the inside out. Like they're going to have good trench play. And you get that in the ACC, you're going to win a lot of games. Right, right. 
there's not really trench play there. He already showed some chops going out and getting more hit. I thought as a, that was a pretty good offensive coordinator hire. He's done a good job. I think building the staff, Miami's going to have alignment now, which is something they've really never had. They're financially committed to making this work. Yep. Um, So they got everybody pulling the rope in the right direction. He can get players. You get, you get players, you can build a line of scrimmage and you got, Support from fans, boosters, administration. I mean, that's 75% of the battle right there. Especially in Miami. Yeah. So, like, and you look at that division, like, all of a sudden, like, I think there's, you know, some reasons to be excited by Miami. I think that is going to go down as one of the better hires here. I know it happened in an ugly way. You know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best way to go about it, but they got it, it done. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so having fun, Miami will be fun. And then, you know, all this, all this hardball stuff, him winning like this, you know how he's going to get uh, – no matter what happens in the playoff. I like Georgia by seven and a half, by the way. He's going to get, you know, cocky in this offseason. He's going to be taking shots at Ohio State. He's going to be taking mm-hmm. shots at the SEC. Ooh, Ryan Day to Chicago. Many people Bear are down. saying. Many people are saying, going back to the Bears, Luke Fickle going up to Ohio State. Just Wild. And Brian Kelly, nobody follows him. To LSU, well, could get Joe Brady though. But Brady, Joe Brady's back to LSU. But maybe he he's from South Florida. Maybe that's Crystal Ball's new offensive coordinator. So like we're not done. Like even like the coordinators. That's when stuff really when people start jumping from job to job, it gets really crazy. And for Kentucky's linebackers coach, we haven't really talked about that. But that'll happen after the season. So they're gonna get through the bowl game. After the bowl game, they go to that coaches convention, wherever mm-hmm. that's at. And that's where interviews for all that will probably take place. And then they should have a hire shortly after that, I would imagine. Man, wild times. Wild times. Things are moving fast. Um, but we do have a little bit of a reprieve. Army, Navy this weekend. Go Army, beat Navy. Go under. Uh, bowl season kicks off next week after signing day. So a little bit signing of Signing day plans, Nick. Do we have any for the pod? We'll make them. We'll podcast. All right. It'll it'll probably be a Wednesday drop though instead of a Tuesday night. So something to keep in mind for our listeners out there. And once again, if you want to get in on the picks contest, Capital One Bowl Mania, Kentucky Sports Radio is the name of the group. Just use the password Stoops with a capital S, and boom, picking against the spread with us and the rest of the KSR crew. So there we go. Look, it. That's all I got for today. Uh, but we'll have more next week at signing day. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger.